0: You guys can be seated. Carl, thank you for leading us in the time of prayer. Thank you guys for participating. If you're at home, thank you for joining in uh, as we lift up that prayer of confession to God. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you know that God has a calling on your life? Do you know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, for you to live out individually, for you to live out through your family, and for us to live out together in this beautiful gathering called the church? Do you know? I remember when I was, I was just a little kid, and I wanted to be everywhere doing everything that my dad did. If he was working to fix something, I wanted to be right there with tool in hand. Uh, if he was chopping wood, I wanted to be chopping wood and carrying it around uh, the fence with him. Whatever he was doing, I wanted to be right there because I had this crazy idea that I could do what he did. But here's the unfortunate reality for me, and probably a lot of us can relate to this as I grew up, as I became a teenager, I had more important things to do than to follow along with my dad. And looking back, I wonder how much I missed out on by thinking that I had something better to do than being with him, to learn from him, to work with him, to do what he was doing. And I kind of wonder if that's how we are as a church. If that's how we are, as we start following Jesus, we're all excited and we're on fire and we know that Jesus has saved me from my sin and he's giving me a better life. But then all of a sudden I got better things to do and the fire starts to fade. I wonder how many of us are going to church and we think that we're part of a church and and we think that, that we are the church, but we're not living it out. And there is a slow fade happening in our hearts, in our minds, and in our spirits. Do we really understand that just because I call myself a Christian or I we call ourselves a church doesn't mean that we are the church. Just because we go to a place called church doesn't mean that we are living out the calling of church. But the reality is we don't have to fade. But why do we? What's going on? Why why the slow fade? Why do we lose the passion of the calling that God has in our lives? Going back to last week, we remember there are two kingdoms fighting for our hearts, fighting for our allegiance. There is the kingdom of God that's calling out to us, that's pursuing us, inviting us into truth to live on mission, to be unified by love. But there's this other kingdom at work around us, the kingdom of the world, if you remember last week, that is influenced by the prince of darkness, that one called Satan, and and he's got another agenda. He wants to bring confusion. How many of us know that the world is living in confusion right now? That we call truth a lie, we call lie a truth, and then we begin to celebrate that lie. We're living in a tension with one another, not just confusion, but we're living in distraction. Where we've got our hearts and minds set on all other kind of things. And we begin to believe that the person who occupies the White House is our hope. Or the person who sits on the Supreme Court is our hope. Or what's going on in the news is our hope. And we get distracted by these are important things and we need to be engaged, but they're not the end of things. And we lose the the focus that we need to have as the people of God that whatever is happening around me, I'm to be a a follower of Christ and a bearer of his truth and love in the world. That somebody else doesn't do that for me. that's That's on me. But we get distracted and we get divided. We get divided around political lines, we get divided on cultural lines, we get divided on our preferences and what music we listen to and what news we watch and and who we hang around and where we live, the size of our paycheck. We get divided in so many different ways. Would we listen to the call of the kingdom of God to come back to his truth, to come back to that focus on his mission, to come back to that unity that we have in love by the Spirit of God? What does it really look like for us as the church? Not just to go to church, not to say I'm a part of a church, but for us to live as church. What is the calling on our lives? Jesus talks about this what's called the Sermon on the Mount. If you were here last week, I told you we were going to live in this chapter 5 of Matthew's gospel for a couple of weeks. That's where we are today, looking at the second part of what Jesus uh, preached to us on the mountainside. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, let's look at what Jesus has to say in verse 13 through 16. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but a salt In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, last week, if you were with us or if you watched online or or you're getting caught up, last week we talked about the blessings that God gives. In the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus says, these are the blessings, the makarios, the favor of God when we live into the kingdom of God. And it looks totally upside down from the way of the world. And we embrace the values of the kingdom of God as we pursue him. And God says there's blessing with that, not as a a bribe or reward, but as a reality of what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. And many of us might have the question, well, what do I do? How do I step into that kingdom of God? And and Jesus has an entire sermon in Matthew 5 through 7 of this is what it looks like to embrace the kingdom of God, to love your enemies, to, to pray earnestly with the Father, not so that other people can see, but that, that you would engage God, that you would fast, and that you would uh, give to the needy generously, not reluctantly. And it just gives all these instructions. But here between the blessing of God and and the instructions of God, God tells us who we are. Did you catch that? Jesus twice here says, you are, and he tells us you are salt, you are light. So let's take a look at this. What does it mean? Number one, he says, you are salt. Now salt for the people who were listening to Jesus had a number of different purposes. It was used in sacrifices in the temple. Uh, it was used in covenant ceremonies, as two, two people or two groups would join their lives together. It was a symbol of relationship. In the first century, if you were a Jew and you had a meal with someone, meaning "I want to do life with you, I want to enter relationship with you," it was called sharing salt. Uh, salt was used to, to bring seasoning. It was used in purification rites. It was used to preserve food so that it wouldn't spoil. And so there were so many meetings that that salt would have for the people that that they would begin to to dream and wrestle about what Jesus is saying when when he says you are salt. But it really comes down to this. If I am to be salt, the call on my life is to protect and improve. I mean, ultimately, that's what salt did. That's what salt does. It protects things from decaying, from rotting, from spoiling. It protects them and it improves it. It makes it better. Why do we pull the salt shaker out? Because we like it better with the salt. It improves things. And Jesus is calling us if we are to be the church, because that's the truth for us. Before I can focus on what I need to do, I need to ask who am I becoming? Who is God making me? If I'm to be the church, that's the call on my life, to protect truth to protect the needy, to protect the people who can't protect themselves, to look out for the people that, that are in, in danger? How many of us are watching out for people in our communities that need help, whether they're a part of what we call Get well Church or not? Are we looking out for our neighbors? If you're in school, are you watching out for those bullies that are going to pick on those kids or those people online and on social media or on Snapchat or whatever who are tearing other people apart? Are we watching out to protect others? And are we improving the lives of other people? Can the people around me, my neighbors, my family, the people I go to church with, the people that I work with, say my life is better because that person is involved in my world? Do we pick up the phone and say, hey, I was thinking of you. I just got to give you a blessing. I'm praying for you. Send a note, bring a meal over. Say, how can I help you out? Are we improving the lives of the people around us? And here's the thing. Jesus says, you are the salt Of what? Of the earth. Meaning that Jesus has come and he's plucked us from the kingdom of the world and he's messed with our lives and he's bringing a transformation and he's calling us out and then putting us right back into the world saying this isn't for you, but you are to be living your life to being a salt to others, to improve and protect the lives of others. That we don't live to bless ourselves, but we let God do the blessing for us as we bless others. We're the salt of the earth. Do you truly believe that we are salt? Jesus, second, he says, you are light. You are light. What is light? Here's the cool thing about light, is that when you see light, you don't actually see light. When you see light, you see what light brings out into the open. And light isn't something necessarily uh, that I can grasp or I can hold. Light is something that is shared and experienced. Jesus says, You take light and you shine it, you don't cover it up. Why? So that other people can experience the truth that light brings. And so, what's the call on us as followers of Jesus? If we are, are the church, we bring clarity and truth. In a world that is confused, we bring clarity in a world that says lies are truth and we celebrate it, we say, no, 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 there's a better way. This is the truth of who we're called to be, who God created us to be. You know, if we can't find our place on the right or the left, then we might be right where we need to be, where we can bring a whole new way, the way of the cross. Jesus says that the way into the kingdom of heaven is narrow. It doesn't look like the other paths. And we can bring light. We can bring truth. You see, the the reality is is that the point is not for anybody to see us, but for people to see Jesus. We are the window through which the world gets to see the love and the truth of our God who's come into the world. Jesus said this in John chapter 8. He said, I am the light of the world and no one who follows me will be in darkness. And we get to shine that light on the light of the world. We get to say, hey, come and and let me get, let me walk with you. Let me get involved in your life. Let me love on you. Let me bring some improvement. Let me help protect you. Let me bring some truth and clarity in your life. Not so you can see me, but so you can see Jesus who loves you, who made you, who wants to save you. He gave his life for you, that you can have a hope for a, a future that is good. And we get to, Point that light into the world, into a dark place, and light in the midst of darkness always wins. Always. Do we really believe that we are light? Now, here's the hard part. If you're anything like me, Uh, I can convince myself all day long that I'm actually doing something or actually living something that when it really comes down to it, I'm not really living it. I'm not really uh, exploring that for my life. I just kind of think I am because it's easier for me to tell myself I am than to really step into it. And so we need a way to pray. Say, God, I need you to help me. You know, I love, I encourage you to pray Psalm 139, the last two verses. Search me and know me, O God. Test me, see my anxious thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and then lead me into your life everlasting. We need a way to live that out of praying, God, help me to discern where I'm living in. Am I living in the kingdom of God or am I living in the kingdom of the world? And God, as Get Well Church, God, what are we living in as a church? And so here's some helpful questions for us to think about. We did this last week. What's the difference between the kingdom of the world versus the kingdom of God? as it applies to the calling of the church. Well, here's one. Is it preference driven or mission driven? The kingdom of the world says, it's about you. You do you. What feels good, what you want, what makes you happy. You need to pursue that. And the kingdom of God says, no, I've called you to something so much bigger than what makes you feel good. I've called you to truth. And I've called you to purpose. And I've called you to power. And I have a mission for your life. And so we as a church, are we guilty of gathering together and say, is this how I like it? Is this what I want? Is this the kind of group that I'm looking for? Is this the kind of worship that I'm looking for? Do we know as a church that we have a mission that we cannot live out on our own, but we need one another? Mission driven or preference. Another one, it comes down to hide our struggles versus point to Jesus. The kingdom of the world says, don't let anybody see your mess. Don't let anybody see your junk. Make sure you put that mask on before you walk in the doors of that church because nobody wants all that all over them. You got to hide all that stuff. But the irony is, is that when we follow Jesus and we hide all that stuff, we don't ever get to point anybody to Jesus because we act like I don't need the cross, but you do. And Jesus would say "The, the kingdom of God Only has one master, and it's not you. And he gave his life on a cross so that we could point to him. We are light, so not so people would see us, but they would see him. Do we live to hide our junk, or do we say, I'm going to point you to Jesus who saved me just as he wants to save you? Look to be served versus look to serve. Is it about what you can do for me, or do I realize that God has placed people around me that I might be able to lift them up? I may be able to serve them. Or how about this one? Look to feel better versus look to repent. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. How many of us we gauge the experience that we have in church and whether or not we felt good that day? oh, that music just really touched me, made me feel so good. Or that, that pastor, man, that sermon just really pumped me up and I'm ready for this week and that just made me feel so good. The problem with that is I love to feel good too, but so much of the time the problem is when I feel good, I'm not looking at where God is calling me to be transformed and for God calling me to say, God, I need your forgiveness and I need some transformation in my life. The calling of the church is not for us to feel good, but for us to say, you know what? I'm walking this way, and it's leading to death, and I need to turn around and start following after Jesus. What are we living for? Or finally, look to be a better version of me versus look to be like Jesus. We talked about this last week too. Are we as a church encouraging each other, spurring one another on, not to be a better version of the best part of you, but to say we need to look like Jesus in a broken world. And man, that is hard because sometimes that means that we have to invite people to call us out. You know, it's really hard to hold somebody accountable, but you know what makes it easier? Is if I will say to you, you have permission to speak into my life. Because if you don't, then I'm missing out on all that God is calling me to be. We need each other as a church. We cannot do this alone. We need people to encourage us. But we also need people to say, hey, you're not getting it right right here. And tomorrow, I'm not going to be getting it right. And I need you to speak into me. And let's do this together. We are salt. We are light to bring the goodness and the love and the good news of Jesus into the world. So how do we practically do this? If we're going to embrace these values of the kingdom of God, to live on mission, to point to Jesus, to serve, to repent, to be transformed, to look like Jesus, what does that look like in our lives together? As a pastor, one of the things that I hear and I struggle with is that we sometimes force the church into two polar opposites. Sometimes we say, well, the church is an organization and the, the church is a group of people and they've got leaders and they've got a mission and they've got resources and they're working to change the world. And so much of our, our generations that are coming up say, I don't want to be a part of an organization. I, I don't, I don't want to be a part of something that's so structured. And, and what I want is what we force the other the church into the other pole where we say no it's a movement and I just want to be a part of movement, and I just want to be out in the world, and I want to be fluid, and I want to be making a difference, and I want to be living for something bigger than me, and I don't want to be held down. But here's the truth. The church is an organization with leaders and a goal and resources and shared life, and we are a movement because it was never about a place or a building or a budget. It is about a person named Jesus who's sitting on the throne and who does have a kingdom, and we do have a bigger mission, and we are sent out in of the world and we are moving and we are fluid as Jesus calls and the Holy Spirit is leading us. We're both. And we have to embrace both saying I do need you but we're not meant to plant ourselves here. We're meant to be bearing fruit in the world. We're supposed to be living it out. So we can't be about our preference or about feeling good or about all those things that we, we get tempted to live into. And so how do we do it? I want to encourage us to think about using the platforms that God has given us as a church. We have a platform of our relationship with Jesus. Am I being transformed? Is he changing me? Is he changing us in our lives together? The reason that we need church, that it's not just about my one-way ticket to heaven, but why we need church is because it's really hard to be transformed on your own. We need that life together. Are we using our platform of calling? Do you even know that you have a calling? That God has something just for you to make a difference in this world for the kingdom of God? Are we using our our platform of mission to know that we're to be sent out, that we're actually to be active and be working in the world? And, And do we use that platform of opportunity that we are always ready Paul says, always be ready to give account for the hope that you have. Are are we using those platforms? I want to be transformed with you, Jesus. I want to be living out my calling. I want to be active and actually doing something. And I'm always looking. I'm always ready. Because I want to be salt. I want to be light in this world. That's the call on the church. And here's, here's the truth. And if you don't hear anything else, please hear this is that when I have Jesus in living in me, I am neither disqualified nor exempt from living on the mission. If I have Jesus living in me, I'm neither disqualified nor exempt from living on the mission. We are a people, every one of us who are called. In the New Testament, the word for church is the word ecclesia, and it literally means the assembly. In the first century, the ecclesia, the assembly, was a group of people that the Roman emperor got together and he said, here's my agenda for the empire. I want you to gather so that you can go out into the empire and spread my agenda, spread my news, tell people about what I'm doing. That's the church. We gather so that we can go out and we've got an agenda. It's the agenda of the king who brings light and love and truth and grace. And he gave his life on the cross that we can be set free. Free and have eternal life. We gather so that we can go out and no one is disqualified or exempt from living that out. I know we sometimes struggle and we think, man, I'm, I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough skill. I don't have enough talent. But if the Holy Spirit is living in you, you got all you need. Or we sometimes struggle like, I'm just so busy and I got kids and I got a job or I got parents that I'm taking care of or I got bills or I got all these activities. You're not disqualified. For those of us who you've had the blessing to retire, you don't get to retire from the kingdom of God. You still have a mission and a purpose that God has for you, you're not exempt. If you're in middle school or high school, you're not exempt, it's not a what you'll do one day, it's what God wants to do in you today. We all have a calling. Are we living it out? In Matthew 16, Pastor Bill talked about this in our first week together. Jesus made a promise. He took his disciples to Caesarea Philippi and he said, who do the people say I am? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. And he said, who do you say I am? And he said, you are Jesus, the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah, and our hope is in you. And Jesus said, that's right. And on that rock, I'm going to build my church and not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against my church. Because it's not about you, it's about the rock. It's about Jesus. It's about him living in us. We've got a mission, and it is too important. For all of you folks watching online, you are not exempt or disqualified. You may not be able to be here, but you can go out, and you've been given a mission and a purpose to be the church. So I want to encourage us. That we would explore what God's doing in us. We would surrender to the call. We would step out in faith and then repeat. Explore, surrender, step, repeat. Explore, surrender, step, repeat. That we are the church. If you'll stand, I'm going to pray for us. That we would realize that call that God has on us, that call that God has on me to know that I need somebody to do this and somebody needs me to do this and together we are the church and God has a purpose for us. That as important as all the other things are, it is greater than any other kingdom of the world, the kingdom of the United States or any other, the kingdom of God is greater. And we will use that platform and every other platform available to us to live out that mission. And whoever sits in the White House is not my hope because my Jesus sits on the throne. And we will keep coming back to that. So I'm gonna pray for us. Maybe you're wrestling with I mean, you're not even really sure of Jesus' place in your life. I want to pray that God will make himself real to you and you will receive that love of Christ. Maybe, maybe it's become a fade and you've lost the passion. I'm just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to infuse you with passion. Maybe you, you want heaven, but you've forgotten that God wants to put heaven in you. And you've got a calling and you thought you're disqualified because of what you've done or, or who you are. Or maybe you think you're exempt and you need a refreshing of the call. Or maybe God just God just needs the faith to step out. We all have a place where God needs to work in us today. These altars are open. If you want to come and pray, you can wave me over. If you want me to pray with you, you can pray in your seat. You guys at home, you can pray right there where you are. God, you got a work you need to do in me. And let's see what God's going to do. So let's pray together. Oh, Father, thank you for your kingdom that is breaking in. And it is sure, it is true, it is founded, it is eternal. And thank you for the invite into your kingdom. As we explore, God, that we know that we got to get our hearts right with you and surrender to you. And that we got to build our families on the values of the kingdom. But we need to know too, Lord, that we don't just go to church, but we are a church. And your kingdom has a call on your church. Whether it's Getwell Church or any other church, it is yours and you have a calling on us. And we need to step into that, Lord, for those of us who aren't even sure about your place in our life. Jesus, I pray that you would remove the veil from our eyes, that we could see you truly and surrender and enter into salvation and say, Jesus, I'm broken. I can't do this. I've messed my life up. I keep making mistake after mistake. I can't do it. Jesus, will you forgive me? Will you save me? Will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? For those of us who are living in a slow fade and we're losing our passion, Holy Spirit, infuse your excitement and joy and purpose back into our lives. Jesus, Where those of us who, who don't even know how to take the next step. Lord, give us faith to take a step, knowing that any step will lead us to you. If our hearts are set, our eyes are set on you, and you will direct our path. Give us courage, God, as Getwell Church. And I pray for all the other churches around the globe that we would not live for preference or what feels good or what makes me a better version of me, but we would have a single focus to bring the kingdom of God into the world and bring the message, the truth, the lasting eternal truth of Jesus to a confused and divided and distracted world for your glory. Holy Spirit, come and do what you want to do. Stir in us right now. We are your assembly gathered, but we want to be changed so we can be sent out. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.